Good afternoon and welcome to the Dungeon Musings Podcast. My name is Kevin Madison and I will be your friendly Dungeon Muser today. Today I want to talk about the, um, I kind of, an, uh, actually I want to talk about a couple of different things, none of which has a specific uh, purpose. I think what I'd like to do today is just talk a little bit about uh, some of the things I've been trying out on the uh, channel recently, some of the developments I've seen in relation to uh, the Discord channel that we've uh, set up recently, and uh, about some gaming plans I got for uh, the near future. So uh, that's what we're in for, a bit of a scenic tour of um, what's happened over the last month and what's going to be coming in the near future. So here we go. So over the last uh, month or so, uh, I, I one of the reasons I have not been... Uh, or haven't had a chance to record a podcast is uh, partly because I'm gaming so much uh, lately. Right now, at the time of recording, uh, I have uh, four ongoing game sessions per month, uh, which includes a uh, Wednesday session, uh, a Friday session, Wednesday night, Friday night, a Saturday morning session, and a Sunday morning session, and um, a Saturday evening session. So, and what those games have been for the last little while, uh, Wednesday and Friday have been Pathfinder 2nd Edition, uh, where we've been playing in the Barrow Maze. I've, I've recorded a, a whole episode about that previously, so I won't uh, talk about that too, too much, I don't think. Um, but uh, that one has just reached, I believe it's uh, Session 18 already in that, so we're, like, we're really getting, even though the campaign's only been going for a very short period of time, we've really been getting some good mileage uh, out of that and we've seen uh, at least one character advance from third level up to fifth level uh, so far so it's it's uh, that, that campaign has, has been a lot of fun uh, lately um, on uh, Saturday mornings I alternate between one week we have our astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers of Hyperborea game my Reavers of Tula game that's been going on since January that one has also reached 18 months now, which is or 18 sessions, which is pretty exciting. Uh, and uh, over the last two sessions, too, we've seen a pretty dramatic change in that campaign, where the characters have finally reached the city that they had been uh, trying to reach for. They spent about 18 uh, sessions or 16 sessions, I should say, kind of wandering the desert or the the wilds and uh, wasted tundras of uh, Tula, trying to reach the city, and they finally reached there, and then. This past session was um, all them kind of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, role-playing, uh, getting some uh, purchases done. And I, I did, um, you know, in that session, uh, we, we did some things that I think were, I, I, I want to make sure I repeat again. Um, in, in particular, how we framed sort of the scenes for the downtime in that was, I think, particularly good. Um, and how we sort of, the things we decided to just kind of hand wave and get past. So... Uh, maybe I'll talk about that a bit today too. Um, the other Saturday session is our Pathfinder Second Edition Great School of Galantry uh, campaign, where we have uh, players who are playing nothing but wizards. It's all it's Pathfinder Second Edition as well, but each of the player characters is a wizard, a first level wizard, and uh, they each come from different uh, magical schools, because um, as in. Uh, other uh, editions of D&D, uh, Pathfinder 2nd allows your characters to specialize in one of the different kind of traditional schools of magic that come in uh, D&D. And um, the thing that's been pretty cool about that campaign, uh, well, there's a couple things about it. One, it um, the, the way that the um, rules work uh, by 
combining an ancestry, a background, and a class, and then kind of a specialty within the class, there's an enormous amount of special of uh, specialization that you can do in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and that has allowed each of these characters to feel very different uh, from each other. You know, like the, uh, even though all seven, six or seven characters are all uh, spellcasters or uh, uh, wizards, they all are very, very different characters. You know, like they, um, uh, they feel very different at the table. The things that they are good at, the way that they, you know, the skills they're good at, the spells they bring to the table, the kind of special abilities, and even just the way that the, they present themselves and carry themselves is all very, very different. So that, that, for one, has been really interesting. And then the other thing is, is having such a, you know, high-concept uh, campaign, uh, a story-based high-concept campaign where all the players are playing, you know, uh, wizards from in school. So they're all students, uh, but they each come from a different, um, a different kind of uh, sub you know, political unit in, in the setting of uh, the setting where that for that campaign, it's uh, I'm using Bruce Hurd's old um, Gazetteer Three Principalities of Galantry, and that setting, uh, each of the principalities has a very distinct kind of cultural feeling to it. So, you know, uh, if your character is from, say, the Principality of Clantier, they're going to have a very distinctive kind of Scottish feel to them, whereas a character from, say, um, the Principality of Belkades is going to be a, you know, Spanish-flavored um, elf, you know, uh, and it's, uh, man, it's uh, that campaign as well has been a real interesting, um, interesting exercise in, in running something that is quite um, heavily um, story-driven, you know, it's uh, I, there's a lot of uh, framing of scenes and, and there is definitely agency for the players to kind of go and do what they want to degree, but, you know, they the first couple of sessions, the first kind of adventure, um, was them, you know, acclimatizing to the school, uh, them, you know, going on this, um, crazy, uh, prank, this kind of, uh, you know, first year or freshman prank that, uh, they were told every year, uh, um, you know, what they undertake every year. And over the course of the, I think three sessions we've had with Galantry so far, um, we've like the characters have really crystallized quite well so the the players all know their characters quite well the um the uh, school itself we've already come up with some interesting things that kind of uh, some of which I, I planned ahead of time some of which I improvise on the fly um some elements of the characters that the the players have come up with and and they've decided they're going to you know really lean into for the role playing and it's helped me give some some backstory stuff like for instance one of the players decided that his character was from kind of a, like, you know, Belmont-esque uh, from uh, Belmont from uh, Castlevania, a Belmont-esque family of monster hunters, and that, that works out great. So I've, I've got a cool way of kind of playing up that as a uh, an element of that character's backstory that I then have uh, baked into this the, the kind of ongoing plot that I have for... Uh, for my for the campaign itself, um, and we've introduced at least one villain that the players absolutely fucking hate. So uh, it's been great, you know. I mean, I uh, I've had a, um, in the last little while a, a little bit of uh, success or a, a fair amount of success with, with introducing villains that the players absolutely hate. Uh, that I intend to have as as kind of uh, at least villains in the short term, if not the long term. And um, that's been enormously gratifying because I think that the players are really enjoying struggling against these characters because, uh, you know, who doesn't want to really punch the face of a smug, you know, villain? So 
Um, that's been a, a, a real contrast to the other Saturday sessions, to the Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers one, where the um, the campaign is much more uh, a freeform kind of thing. The players go where they want, and there's lots of random encounters, and there's you know travel and and uh, player uh, player driven kind of uh, plotting is is really the the way that that campaign's been run. Uh, and then on Sundays. I alternate between, uh, let's see here, Sundays are either Starfinder, and uh, in the most recent, I, I just recorded a pretty lengthy episode about our Starfinder campaign, so I won't you know, go into too much detail about that, but the Starfinder campaign is currently in a uh, kind of a, a, a campaign arc or a, a flashback arc that I'm calling Fistful of Showbads, and uh, that has been incredibly fun so far. We've... Uh, the players are, are currently on this desert planet. It's kind of like um, Airsats Mars that has elements of John Carter and all elements of Total Recall and elements of, you know, um, Dark Sun and uh, Shadowrun kind of stuff. And it's it's uh, proving to be a really, really, really cool... Oh, and um, Dune as well, too. Um, it's proving to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then on the alternate Sundays, we had been running um, uh, Star Trek for the last little while. And uh, we are currently, we finished up the first campaign. We had been playing through the adventure in the starter set. And then we had some player absences for a bit. We got four players who play in that one. So this past Sunday, we did a one-shot playing the Infinity role-playing game. Um, it's the Corvus Belly Infinity RPG published by Modifius. It uses the same dice mechanic that... Uh, Star Trek does, and it was interesting, you know, like, I mean, not only, the, the game itself was was okay, I mean, um, the, we used a starter adventure, or what, what's presented as a starter adventure for the adventure, uh, but the trouble is, is that setting is, like, it's a setting that is based on a miniature game, a tabletop miniature game, and um, I have not read through the entire uh, core rulebook for it, so, uh, because, it's got the mechanics are the same as the Star Trek game, but it is a enormously more complicated game than what Star Trek is for one, and then also the setting itself is extraordinarily complicated. And to understand how some of the aspects of the game work, like they've got uh, a really interesting hacking mechanic called Infowar, and there's a really interesting kind of social engineering mechanic called Cywar. But trouble is, for those two things to work, um, you kind of need to know the setting. You need to know how the things, how the the you know the, what the um, the setup is for computers in the setting and so forth. So none of us had any experience uh, with the with the setting um, or a great any experience with the the actual particular rules. So what ended, our, our three hour session ended up being a lot of info dump and a lot of kind of understanding what the world is and not an awful lot of playing. And even then too, the play was a little herky jerky because the I had I thought I had adequately prepared for the game for reading the rules, but I found like I, I was still confusing some things. And then the adventure we were playing as well, in contrast to the Star Trek adventures uh, adventure that we had been playing, the starter set of adventure, which is does a really good job of walking you through the um, the mechanics of, of the game and like you know starting small and slowly introducing new concepts. That's not at all how this one works. It's it's really just presented as a typical adventure. So there, and and then even then too, there are elements of it 
where it just basically it seems to ignore some of the sub rules like there there are not the the info war sub mechanic the psi war sub mechanic is not involved at all it just ignores them and then gives you uh, flat skill checks instead so it doesn't even teach you the you know where where it does engage those mini games or should at least it does it didn't do that so um you know but but what was really beneficial out of the game is it it was really cool to to go through the game and then do a debrief we ended up staying a little about half an hour past our usual quit time to really talk about how we thought the game went and you know what we you know what is what things we liked which things we didn't like what we would have you know how we would have approached it if we were going to uh, try and and uh, you know either run a campaign or run another one shot with it or, or whatever, uh, and the um, that was really beneficial. I mean, like it really, I think uh, it's something that I'd like to do with every one shot I, I run from now on is to make sure that I, I allow time for us to to do a debrief afterwards to talk about how the you know how we thought the game went, what we thought of the game, you know what what things we liked, what we didn't like, both from a player side and a DM side. I think it was really beneficial. And I also think it made for good uh, you know a good uh, episode too. I think it was helpful for the folks at home to see uh, or at least for some folks at home to see how that, you know, kind of how the the hot dog is made, you know. Um, or the sausage is made, I guess is the saying uh, goes. So um, but what we're doing next in that is, be- again, we're having a couple uh, absences, but what we're doing the following Sunday is we're going to be playing GURPS. Um, I had made a, a list of games that I wanted to get to the table before the end of 2019. It's kind of a, a way of shaming myself into actually getting some of the games that I have intended to get to the table to the actual table. And um, the, the Sunday group has been good enough to agree to, to do that, to help me cycle through some of those games. So uh, we're going to be getting back to Star Trek Adventures at some point because that, that game has been a lot of fun. It's a really, really cool game. And I, I've really been enjoying playing that game uh, or running that game, I should say. And there's some really great... I, have, like, I haven't like I even scratched the surface in, in the source material that I've got for that already. Um, but uh, it's going to be fun to run uh, some GURPS uh, next time and see how uh, you know how that goes and if you're not familiar with GURPS, GURPS is the generic universal role-playing system published by Steve Jackson Games. It's a um, one of the oldest uh, universal uh, games and it is it, it's one of my personal faves. Like, uh, there was a, a period around the time of the late life cycle of uh, D&D 3.5 from about midway through the life cycle of that game up to the end where that was all I, you know, I use that to run pretty much everything. So I'm, I'm excited to get that back to the table. Um, and then also on um, Saturday nights, I have been running a, um, a D&D 5th edition game for my son, uh, set in the Guilds of Ravnica setting. And that's been pretty fun. Like, I, I um, we're kind of getting our, our footing with the D&D 5th uh, rules only in the sense that for, for me sending DCs properly and figuring out how I want to tweak that game to make it play the way that I would like it to play. Because right now I'm, um, I'm finding that the, what we did to make his character uh, initially was we just, we used the uh, rules as written, you know, the point gen system for how many points you get to spend or where, where you get to assign. I think, oh, you know what? I don't think we actually did that. I think we just used the assign stats thing. And I'm finding that his stat bonuses or at least the skill bonuses are kind of crappy he's level three and i just feel like the character is not competent enough 
um, or at least the dice rolls are not working out that way in the way that like uh, similarly leveled characters are in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And I I don't want to... My my instinct was like, oh, I'll just scrap this and run it with Pathfinder 2 instead because I, I, you know, I think I prefer that game. But I'm glad I didn't do that initially because in our second session of Pathfinder of us, of uh, D&D 5, uh, I found that it was a much... uh, We hit a much better rhythm and we spent a lot less time worrying and talking about rules. So it's just the type of game we're running in that is a lot more uh, role-playing and a lot more narration with very light on, on the use of the mechanics. So I'm not, um, you know, I, I don't really care if we, uh, if, if the, I don't really care quite as much about the, um, uh, I, or I guess what I mean is that I, I'm not sure I need the level of detail that you get with Pathfinder 2, uh, to, to run that game, and um, and I, I think he's also, a lot of the accessories that I have for D&D 5, like the spell cards and the monster cards and stuff like that, he's enjoying using those quite a bit, and it's helping him kind of, you know, grapple with what his character is using, because in that he's playing a Loxodon, a uh, kind of like an elephant man, a Loxodon wizard, and uh, that's pretty cool. He's, he seems to be really enjoying playing that, and then we're taking advantage of the sidekick rules from the essentials box. I mean, uh, technically I'm actually using um, rules from a uh, DM's Guild product that I picked up that had to deal with uh, sidekicks, but but anyway, I mean, sidekicks is what uh, what we're using. So that's what's, what's on the, the regular slate, and then I also recently added, um, this month I ran my first of the open table sessions uh, that I've intending. Once a month, I, I committed to running a table or running a game once uh, once a month that would um, uh, be open for players who are not playing in one of my regular games. Uh, partly because we're, you know, since we started up the uh, Dungeon Musings Discord server, we've seen a lot of people join who see our viewers who don't have regular groups who would be interested in, in uh, joining, you know, a, um, a game. Uh, and I've also, I mean, I like go over the the past six months, I've had people who've been emailing and asking about how to get into the game. So what I've done now is set up this open table thing. And then I set, depending on the game I'm running, I, I'll set the, you know, the limit at like four to six players, depending on the game. And then just, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run a one shot. And then it gives me a chance to play with some new people and gives people who may be interested in trying the games out or just get into a table with... Uh, me as a DM, you know, then uh, gives them an opportunity to do that. And uh, I had the first of those this weekend, and it was awesome. It was really, really fun. You know, we had uh, three players, one of which does actually play in one of my regular games. Uh, We needed to fill an extra spot because we had someone kind of ghost us on it. uh, And then we had one player drop out uh, about a a couple days before. So we were down to two players. And as much as I could have run the session with two players, I'm I'm glad we had three because it gave... uh, you know, it gives that a little bit more of that dynamic of, of players playing together. The, the thing that makes, um, you know, playing with a, a group really fun and special with the, in, a, in a, you know, role-playing game. So um, the first uh, of my open table sessions was a uh, one-shot set in uh, Eberron, in the, in the D&D setting of Eberron. Uh, I used a retooled Adventure from the uh, fourth edition, um, one of the two fourth edition rule books. I think it's the campaign setting book, and it's a it's a adventure that I used to uh, kick off 
a campaign that I ran years ago, like probably coming up on 10 years ago now, uh, that featured, it starts off with basically, um, if, if you're familiar with the, um, the setting of Eberron, there is a, a major, uh, well, if you're familiar with it, you know what the morning is. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, the morning is this big event, this cataclysmic event that, that happens that brings an end to a hundred years of war. And then the campaign setting officially starts four years after that. So the, the Eberron setting differs from other D&D settings in the sense that it has more of a modern and uh, a little bit more of a cosmopolitan feel to it. So there are some, you know, modern trappings like uh, there is mass transport, there's uh, mass media in the, in the form of uh, papers and things like that. There's easy access to messaging and um, it is much closer to a... Uh, you know, kind of 30s pulp era setting than it is, like, say, the medieval or faux medieval setting of, like, Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms. And I, I really love the setting. I think it's a really terrific setting, and it was relatively easy to, to you know, kludge together some rules to uh, f- to feature some of the, the signature uh, races that come in with the Eberron setting. Eberron introduced uh, a bunch of things, including the Warforge, which are kind of like magical robots, and they're the changelings, which are kind of like people, humanoids descended from doppelgangers. So they've got kind of a shape-shifting ability. And uh, the folks who played in the game were uh, newbies to, some were newbies to Pathfinder 2nd, some were newbies to the Eberron setting, but uh, actually all of them were newbies to the Eberron setting, so it was great. So that while the, the adventure takes place in the day of this big cataclysmic event, um, they didn't know it was coming, so it was a it was a real fun surprise to spring that on them at the end of the session, and it was uh, it was great. Like I mean, I, I would really love to at some point revisit those characters and revisit w- with those players again if they're interested. But it, it proved a really great start to the you know the first session. It was in a great deal of work. Like this this past week in particular has been a lot of work just because there's been. Um, a lot of new sessions and new games I've been running, so it's required me to, to do a lot of work on things. And, you know, I mean, it's a testament to the the uh, the great players that I'm fortunate to play with right now because, you know, like the set, the fact that the Sunday session really didn't work out the way I had intended. We, we certainly didn't get through the adventure. We kind of fumbled our way through the rules a lot, but, you know, the I did not feel like it was a failure, which I might have uh, had I been playing with other you know, uh, players or different players, you know, everyone kind of understood that this is what we were trying out, you know, and trying out a new game and trying to get a sense of how how it plays at the table. And everyone was cool with that. You know, they weren't uh, pissed because we didn't do a story or we didn't finish an adventure or anything like that. They were really, you know, it was really great to, uh, to be able to do that, to kind of experiment and swing for the fences as it were. Um, especially since that was the, the tail end of the of the um, of the weekend too, so that was the last of four sessions I ran that weekend, um, and uh, it was um, yeah. I mean, like I, I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely made me willing to try that with some of my other uh, groups as well too. See if I mean, subject to their approval, of course. But uh, it was great. It was it was a really uh, good experiment, and I definitely for the Infinity uh, game itself, uh, I would like to do what I, instead of running that, um, that uh, pre-gen adventure, I think what I would, I should have done, and I will do next time, is actually learn the setting, uh, and then when I run that again, to, to make sure that I write something that 
provides a manageable bite size kind of, uh, you know, um, a bite size chunk of the, of the setting and, and the adventure and, and whatever, something, an adventure that does what I like to do in, in one shots, which is to provide something that highlights all the cool stuff about the setting, about the mechanics and gets it done in one session, you know, uh, and that's not what the, the adventure that I ran was. Uh, so, and then, and then, you know, to, again, to the awesome player's credit, everyone said, yeah, they'd definitely be up for playing that again, but not until the new year though. I mean, it's, uh, three months now until the end of 2019. So, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll have to wait till 2020, but, um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's what I've been doing. And, and we've also set up the, uh, the discord server as well too. And that has, I thought that setting up the discord server, I was worried that it would be a huge time sink for me that I would just be, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I expected from it. Uh, I already spend quite a bit of time on social media anyway, but what it's proved to be is a really, really great, you know, um, it's proven to be a really great way to, to talk to people who seem to have the same sensibilities or very similar sensibilities about games, um, you know, uh, within, in general. And then also to, to not only talk to people who are watching our, you know, who are playing in the games, but also some of the people who are watching the games as well. You know, it's, it's been really cool to get to know some of the people who have been watching us and, and to answer questions they've had about the game, about how we run them, about, uh, you know, what uh, we're, the players are doing in the game to give them, to hear what they've been enjoying about it too, which is, is, is always interesting. And um, yeah, and also, I mean, like to, to sometimes get some insight into how the players are seeing the games as they're interacting with people as well too. So it's been uh, yeah, I mean, it's been an enormously uh, enjoyable addition to kind of this, you know, this slate of activities that I've been doing with this uh, this streaming uh, this year. So it's been a very, very busy month, um, but it has been an enormously rewarding and fun month as well too. And I, I'm now that we're kicking off, uh, October um, is going to be my horror month. And uh, maybe what I'll do is I'm going to put a pin in this now and uh, I will continue on in a new section talking about plans for October and plans through to the end of the year. Okay, and then for October, uh, I will be running a, uh, at least the idea is, I'm going to do a themed month with all the games I'm running where I'm running a horror theme with uh, everything. I mean, a lot of stuff I run has a bit of a horror tinge to it anyway. Uh, certainly Barrow Maze does. Uh, certainly uh, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea does to a degree. But I think I'm going to try and, uh, without disrupting the flow of uh, these ongoing campaigns, I am going to try and lean into the horror just a bit, you know, and uh, see what I can come up with for it. I'm also going to lean into the horror for my uh, one-shot uh, that I'm running for my open table session uh, for for October, I've decided that I'm going to run the Low Fantasy Gaming uh, by uh, Pickpocket Press, which is something I had recently uh, acquired, and uh, it's a pretty darn cool game. Like I, I uh, it's based on the um, the D and D fifth chassis, uh, but then it makes some uh, substantial modifications, so it really is its own uh, its own animal. And it's uh, it is designed to sort of um, to, to play up the 
kind of like, you know, um, swords and sorcery, dark fantasy, kind of low fantasy type setting. Uh, it There is a baked-in setting that you can use for it, but I think I'm going to try and actually use my Tula uh, setting, like the set, same setting I use for uh, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea and, and uh, run in that setting, and then do something that kind of... I, I mean, I, I like kind of the idea of there being like a hyper story for... Uh, for that particular game where every one-shot uh, or whatever that I run or a campaign that I run in there, it all relates to the same ongoing events of that same world. So it's, uh, for me, it, it helps, I mean, it, it helps because it's easier to just keep all that shit uh, straight for one story rather than a bunch of separate ones. And also I think there is that added benefit for the larger structure for viewers on the YouTube channel who may be, you know, following the events in, in each of those games. They may be able to pick up where like oh shit that was referenced in this one shot and I'm seeing it now in the main campaign or I'm seeing whatever like whatever um, way whatever use I make of uh, Tula in uh, the coming years the uh, that, that hopefully will add a little element of emergent um, you know tapestry for that ongoing story but uh, but in any event the, the game itself is it, it's pretty darn cool and the I, I've heard from the author uh, as well too Steve I can't remember Steve's last name but um, he uh, is a super super nice guy and uh, I'm, I'm very excited to get uh, that ta- that you know it's always nice um, the the few creators that I, I have had the pleasure of dealing with you know fortunately everyone has been really awesome uh, Jeff Tulanian from uh, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea fame as well, too, is also a really super uh, cool guy. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that. And then for, um, until the end of the year, I, all the games that we have as our ongoing games right now, I, I intend to carry on with them. I'm really enjoying our, I mean, all of them, all the, all my ongoing games, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying. Uh, and the, the, the funny, th- I mean, funny thing is I, I started thinking, because I'm perennially uh, planning for things, I was thinking about what I'm going to do in 2020. And like to be honest, I'm not sure there's a lot of changes I want to make necessarily to the slate of games I'm running. I hope that our Ash game can, can you know carries on. I hope that our Starfinder game carries on. I, I hope that our uh, uh, Galantry game carries on. I, I've got some interesting ideas. I think for how we could structure a, you know, a series of campaigns with that one. You know, if you, it, the intuitive thing and, and stealing a page from Harry Potter really is just structure the campaigns by school years, you know, and that, I think, uh, that's another one where, um, instead of seeing, you know, the setting emerge as the players are traveling geographically across things, it's more a matter of seeing, the story emerge as the players are encountering more and more elements of the setting and NPCs in the setting and things like that. I think it's a, it's going to be a really fun campaign to see develop over the you know coming months and hopefully years. Um, and uh, I'm not sure like where I would find room to th- squeeze new ones in. Our Sunday sa- sessions are are pretty cool, uh, are pretty good in the sense that we you know we we've played around with the idea of uh, swapping out. Um, you know, different to try out different games like other deep uh, 2D20 games like uh, John Carter game, the Conan game, uh, all published by Modifius, kind of making it like a Modifius Sunday, you know, um, kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I mean, like it's that group does have some pretty um, some a really good diverse. I mean, for one, they're terrific players who will happily roll with the punches, but also they, uh, um, in in the sense of like if changing up games, but they're also 
really, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a, f- I don't know. I mean, like I, I do, we did have a lot of fun with, with Star Trek as well too. So, I mean, I would, it would be interested, interesting in seeing how, as we learn more of that game playing through those, um, that pre-gen, uh, adventure the, in the starter set to see how the campaign evolves from there. So, uh, so I don't know. Um, but what I do know is I've got a handful of other one shots, um, we have our uh, one of the last charity sessions for the year uh, scheduled already for November 2nd, which is really good. I'm hoping to get another one of the charity sessions scheduled for November as well. And if I can, I'm going to try and squeeze one more out in October. Um, that might be challenging with uh, trying to fit that in with the other things, but, you know, hope springs eternal. And uh, if I can, that means I've just got to get uh, uh, two sessions of Champions uh, scheduled as well, uh, and then I, uh, I've actually got my ch- obligations for charity uh, campaigns, campaigns where people have donated to the to the Hero Save Villages campaign, um, and have uh, selected that as their reward. Uh, I can get that out of the year, for, out of the way for 2019, which means I can start 2020 fresh and and offer a full slate of uh, new charity games. Um, I, what I need to rethink with that is not necessarily how many, but the time frame. Like, you know, I need to set, I need to do a better job of figuring t- days to get those in the in the books because part of the um, what I was doing is because I was going with the order when people donated um, and saying, like, well, I'm going to run yours first, then I'll run yours next, then I'll run yours next. And I think what I would sooner do, what would be better is to figure out, like, once people made the donations, have them let me know when they're ready and then schedule it. You know, um, because uh, or or set a, a specific deadline like, hey, here's the day we're going to do this. Whoever you can get for that day or whoever I can get for that day, that's who's going to play in the charity session. But that's the date because uh, one of them has proven to be quite difficult to schedule and uh, that pushed everything else back. And I now find myself at the last three months of the year and uh, I'm, I am I would like to have had more of these done by this time. So but it's you know, that's a lesson to learn for next year. It is something that I, I, I'm really glad that I did that though because um, I, that I've, I'm, I did this this year again because it has been a I don't know it's 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 raised a lot of money for the um, uh, for the charity that benefits from uh, from the YouTube channel's uh, charity initiative so that's really really great and um, and it's uh, it's really it's good it's good that it's forced me to, to actually discipline myself to write specific adventure f- for specific games too. When when player when uh, the donors choose a game, I'm I'm very keen to just run that game because sometimes I'm I'm want to if someone suggests that they want to try a game, I'm I do that bad thing where I'm like, oh maybe you mean this, and I'll run something different than what they actually had asked me to to run for them. And, um, yeah, so that, that this has proven to be a, a really good way of forcing me to actually get some of these games that I have had to the table. Um, and also, I mean, like, I, I like how it challenges me to really try and bring my A game uh, to running those sessions, too. I really try and outdo myself in terms of the, the prep, the story, the, you know, the handouts, the, the maps, everything that I, I prepare for that. I really try to make sure it's worth their while. Um, not only because, I mean, they've, they've donated their money and they deserve that. Also because, I, I mean, hopefully that means it will be an attractive way of, of getting more donations in the future for people saying, oh, that, that turned out to be a pretty cool session and that was worth the money that I donated, so I would consider donating. Um, and then I also have five more games on my list of 
My hit list for the end of the year that I set, those include GURPS, Champions, uh, Mage the Ascension, Aberrant, uh, and me and um, Vampire 5th Edition. Now, of those, I've also sort of played with the idea of running an Iron Kingdoms RPG session closer to uh, the new year. Now, I th- I don't know um, I don't know if I'm going to get through all those, um, but I would prefer to have a list that I do not meet than to run out of games uh, for for the end of the year. You know, there's always going to be more opportunities to run more games in the new year, uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be fine. But um, the one session of Infinity is really it, it really helped scratch that itch. It gave me a sense of whether I'm missing out on something by not running that game on a regular basis. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a really good, even though it was busy, I mean, uh, to, to get everything ready for it, uh, it was certainly worth it. it. It proved to be a really, really enjoyable session. So, so that's what I got for the, I mean, from now to the end of year, um, I got a horror month right now. Um, I... Let's see here. What else is going on? I think that's it. It's just a matter of kind of getting my head down and getting through these sessions. Um, I'm considering, uh, I've got three months off, so I'm considering how I'm going to kind of not not end the, the campaigns, but sort of like mark the end of year sessions as a big deal. Um, so I'm giving some thought to that. But I'm, I much prefer, because so many of my games are you know, um, either the story-based games where I'm letting the, the story unfold at the pace that feels natural for how fast the players are going through the material. And because some of the games are open games, it's kind of tricky for me to judge right now how, you know, six sessions from now, the, the, the where the campaign's going to be standing. And I don't want to work towards a specific point, you know. Um, this is not a direct parallel, but like one of the criticisms of the final season of uh, Game of Thrones was that they were writing to a conclusion. They'd already made a conclusion of where they wanted to go, and then they wrote towards that. I don't want to do that with these campaigns. Role-playing, as I've talked about a lot of times on, on this channel, um, the gaming is not the same thing as, as uh, uh, you know, as these other forms of fiction. These are collaborative in the sense that players dictate and they have agency over how they how the characters behave, where they go, what they do. And then also, I mean, there's there's another factor that plays into this that neither the players nor the DM has control over, which is the dice. You know, sometimes the dice will just dictate that things pan out a certain way. And uh, and that's something I love about gaming, you know, like that uh, that is one of those things where both the players and the DM gets to get to be pleasantly surprised by the turn of events. And it's something you do not get in other forms of media. You know, um, the creators of video games are rarely surprised by what happens when they get in the hands of players um the you know authors and uh you know the the makers of uh, tv and film they don't get that decision they don't get to be surprised by what happens with their creation um you know what we get to do as as dms is we get to be pleasantly surprised we can set up things and we can frame things and and uh we can set up a a uh, a world for the players to to interact with and and uh, you know engage with and and make decisions on and be heroes in or be villains in or be just you know um characters in but the surprise that comes from how players choose to explore that world is is always extraordinarily rewarding you know and as is the the unforeseen dice results, you know, the things that force you to reconsider. And I've had a bunch of those this year uh, as well, where, 
characters have died or, you know, we characters were defeated by an enemy or they elected to do something I did not anticipate. I mean, all of that stuff is so much fun and is, the, you know, probably the thing that I enjoy the most out of gaming is when I'm suddenly pushed into an area that I did not anticipate and I have to try and figure out what the heck is going to happen to still keep it fun, still keep the story going and keep it engaging, you know, so... Yeah, it's going to be an exciting run to the end of the year. So anyway, that's what I got planned for October and going forward. Maybe let's get to the outro and call this one a session. Okay, I think that makes it an episode. Um, so for those listening at home, if you have any uh, comments, questions, or concerns regarding this episode, please don't hesitate to shoot me a voice message on uh, Anchor. Uh, you can uh, shoot me a tweet on uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle there is at Dungeon Musings. Uh, you can also reach me uh, by email at dungeonmusings at gmail.com uh, or you can join us on the Dungeon Musings Discord server. Um, I will also mention that um, uh, we are, uh, we now have the, or we, I now have the, uh, uh, the next date for my open table sessions scheduled for uh, October 26th. So if you are interested in trying out uh, Pickpocket Press is very cool. Low fantasy gaming RPG. Uh, join us in the Discord server. Uh, there are still spots available for the uh, one-shot session that I'll be running on October uh, 26th from uh, 2 to 6 uh, Central Time. Um, otherwise, uh, thanks again for listening. I hope that uh, things are going well for y'all. And uh, until next time, happy gaming. <laughs>